miles apart geographically, like-minded philosophically. We love nerdy things, so we tap the wire to discuss them. So welcome to the latest episode of Tap the Wire. This week, Aaron, Patrick, and I are going to talk about the series that just concluded the book of Boba Fett. So my first question is, as a whole, what did you two think of the series? You go ahead. Okay. Mm. Um, as a whole, as a whole product, um, I think I liked it a little bit better than I did just when we had just watched like one or two episodes or no, it was more like maybe three episodes when we had talked about it on our last random podcast and we were kind of like, well, it's kind of slow so far. Um, spending a lot of time on the Tuscan thing. I hope that comes back, you know, so it, it makes sense to have spent so much time on it. Uh, stuff like that. But as a whole, I think it ended fairly strong and that's probably, maybe not entirely due to the fact that the Mandalorian showed back up because <laughs> it loved the Mandalorian and Grogu. So, um, plus the addition of our special guest, Cad Bane, which was awesome. I thought they did an awesome job with him just visually. Um, so overall, I liked it better than I thought maybe I was going to, given to where just we weren't sure how it was going to all end. Um, so that's where I am. Overall, I was barely let down. There there were high points. There, there were things that worked, but overall, it drug a lot. And uh, even like the, the high point when Cad Bane does arrive, that was cool. And most of Cad Bane's time there was good. And then they end it on a way that displeased me. The Cad Bane and the Bounty Hunter and everything else, uh, there's no way once the tables had turned and the deck was stacked against him that he would have stuck around. Like he he would not have stuck around to come face Boba Fett or whatever. He would have gone off to do his thing, make his money, live another day, and let it come around when it happened. So that then, again, ruined it. After it had arced up for me, then they like kind of swept that all away with the one act of having Cad go like face Boba when, when everything was against him at that point. It was just... <laughs> so overall, I guess I'm frustrated. It was made well, but the story was not told particularly well i don't feel <laughs> i absolutely agree with you on that because i thought and i love the mandalorian and grogu being in it but i mean what was there two episodes where boba fett wasn't even in the show mm. yeah pretty much <laughs> so i just thought if they're gonna call it the book of boba fett it should center on him the whole series not just yep. yeah. using it as a hey everybody here's Boba Fett come and watch our new Disney show <laughs> I liked I liked it as a whole um, looking here because I actually have some notes this time IMDB has it ranked 7.6 out of 10 I would probably go a little lower than that like maybe 6 out of 10 no. 6.5, I might do 6.5. Yeah. 
You always got to go on the point. (laughs) (laughs) I'd also, I'd also mention where we bring up where Boba was like, not even the focal point for two full episodes. I'd say overall in the series, I think that Fennec, Fennec Shan was more important to the overall what happened through the series than Boba ended up even being. So he he may have played third fiddle on his own show. Yeah, well, she's she's down to kill people more than no. he is. <laughs> so she can have a little more uh, effect on things. Yes, but and I have no problem with this, but with it being Book of Boba Fett, she, no, she drove the narrative. She mm-hmm. drove what they were doing at every point. She drove how they were doing it. She did it. Uh, basically, it was Fennec Shan saves, Fennec show. S- saves <laughs> Boba Fett's ass on numerous occasions. <laughs> One question about her that I have is when the actual war starts in the last episode, you don't even see her until the very end when she goes in and wipes yeah. out the syndicate. So mm-hmm. yep. I, I kept sitting there watching it thinking, where the hell was Fennec? Because she went and <clears throat> released all the the younglings or whatever the hell they were called. I can't think, remember their names right now. But The mods. <laughs> yeah, the mods. And <laughs> and then she just disappeared and you don't see her for the whole confrontation or the, the battle. Mm-hmm. And then they quickly show her showing up at the syndicate, wiping everybody out. Yeah. It was kind of a confusing story to me. I mm-hmm. understood it, but I didn't really like the way they portrayed it. Yeah. And to what Aaron said, I, I agree with the whole Tuscan Wait Raider point. It's like I understand why they did it. They were building up Boba Fett's angst towards the syndicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but that was a really big buildup for kind of really oh. no payoff. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think they should have, because I know I mentioned after we watched the last episode, I'm like, I wish they would have spent more time. (laughs) They should have spent more time with Boba Fett's um, relationship with his Rancor, because he comes actually comes into play and like saves everyone. And like, so, but it was like, well, they weren't even really that close. I mean, you got that there was an instant like bond, like to a point, but then they didn't show any extra like bonding to where you'd be like the Rancor is coming in to save Boba Fett. He was just kind of there and he just seemed kind of, he just seemed kind of angry. And that's why he was fighting everyone. And Boba would happen to be on him, like riding around like a pony, but like, it's like, is he really defending Boba Fett or is he just like hangry? And, you know, like, I don't, it was kind of had at least another like 10 minute portion where he was bonding with the Rancor and you got to see him a little more, which would have, I guess, made it a little more, a little more of an emotional payout when he does come and like save everyone. <laughs> I don't know. And what they what they paid Danny Trejo for his five minutes in the series. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree with that, too. It's like. I didn't understand the whole hold everybody off. I'll be right back. But like, that's like a, a 70s cartoon move or something. Yeah, they should have just cut away. And then all of a sudden, hey, he's coming back from the knee. Would have right. gotten the fact that he had gone and now he is back. I mean, was it going to be like he's like Shaggy and Scooby, like mm-hmm. his feet are moving, but he's not moving and he takes <laughs> off to go get the Rancor or something? Yeah. <laughs> so what did you think of the middle portion, i.e. 
the non-Boba Fett episode with Luke and Grogu and it's my, my same general feeling as of most of the rest of the series uh th that whole thing they told a story that they wanted to get the information out but it was literally 90 percent more longer than it ever needed to be to get the ideas across of what was going on like it just each portion was so significantly longer than it ever needed to be to get you to understand what they wanted you to yeah. think Being about was that it was called the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> you know, like I like I like that episode a lot because I liked, you know, seeing all the people again, Ahsoka and R2 and all that stuff. And it's just but then it, you know, it's like cool. Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I, I think we're supposed to assume that he has flown it back to uh, Luke and Ahsoka. Yeah. I is what I'm going with. Which talk? Which speaking of, can we talk about the little uh, Grogu being in the little um, astromech area of the of the ship that the now Mandalorian flies around? Like, just stick this little head up there. <laughs> I thought that was cute. We're moving a little bit ahead before we go back. Where do you think <laughs> they're going to go with that for the next Mandalorian season? Are they going to... Grogu's going to have to challenge the dark side or something, or are they just going to let it go? I don't know. I was I, I'm a little intrigued by the fact that they've brought Grogu back mm -hmm. to Mando because I, I I literally thought that Grogu was going to be Luke's first uh Padawan learner at the new school, the school that we all know has such a dark fate ahead of it. And so like I was intrigued by the fact it's like is Grogu there when uh Kylo goes mental and kills everyone is like like all these questions and now all of that is just like wiped away there's there's none of that is left to be answered because grogu's just yeah. gone i like the internet was raging tell me grogu doesn't get die and that slaughter so you must have read something similar to what i read as people were up in arms like i thought kylo was supposed to be luke's first student yeah like, yeah that's yeah. Yeah. They're building <laughs> his academy as that episode happens, so it's not completed yet. So just calm mm -hmm. down, people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the droids rock by rock by rock. It's like building a pyramid in Egypt or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is there anything you you didn't particularly care for in the entire series? My fat centric. <laughs> uh, no, I I think Boba's character was done well, uh, and his transition to no longer being a bounty hunter, hunter mercenary, and to show how his personality and heart has changed due to circumstances or whatever. So I'm not displeased with 
anything they've done with him character wise. I think it's everything going on around him. And the, the, I, I don't know. I think my biggest pet peeve about the whole thing is the, uh, the, the guy that the, the mayor's sidekick person that just kind of gets drug along for episode after episode, making ridiculous quips and trying to say it just like, to me, and I don't know how this, it shouldn't be possible, but I think he may have annoyed me more than Jar Jar Banks. And I, like, that's a high bar. <laughs> I get that. Totally get it. <laughs> but I don't remember if I said it to you two on the last podcast or on my other podcasts that the the humor for this generation of star wars is almost too forced yep. whereas lucas's humor was always so subtle and included in the dialogue so mm -hmm. absolutely yeah and, and it played off well i mean the the back and forth between han and Chewie and those things was just like so natural and just seemed perfect and yeah the stuff ever since the introduction of jar jar it's just been like where can we find a place to stick something we think is funny <laughs> in some way yeah but i mean the mandalorian i think they did a better job just like like funny like situations like this was grogu centric usually just like you know things that he's doing you know like that are humorous but it's not over the top or it was just enough humor to to balance out the other stuff going on in that show. It's, but it seemed like in Boba Fett, yeah, they were trying with that character to just make things, I don't know, the comic relief just was off. Right. Well, that's my main mm -hmm. gripe about Rain Johnson's, I almost said Rain Wilson. Rain Johnson's movie was his over-the-top attempt at humor. It's like, ugh. Stop. Stop. <laughs> what? Uh, no, I totally lost what I was going to ask. <laughs> nice going, Dan. <laughs> what? Uh, the, do you think Disney has a hand in not being able to go too dark in episodes or movies? Kind of like because you know, Empire really has like that dark turn in it. Yeah. And you haven't really seen that too much in this new generation of almost God Star Trek. What the hell is wrong with you? Star Wars? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I think they're guiding them to a point. I, I think that they probably are like, hey, we're going to let you do mostly what you want to do, but you be doing it with keeping in mind that this is a Disney franchise now. So if you feel yourself getting too dark to whatever, rein that stuff in and remember who you're working for. I mean, because even Lucas did it in the prequels. I mean, he, he showed Anakin going back to the Tusken Raiders and you, know, you see him pull out the lightsaber, but you don't really see him, you know, destroy them all until... You see the the pan out shot. Yeah, the, the carnage left behind. Right. <clears throat> I mean, just going back to to Star Wars, 
when you see Luke take off to go find his aunt and uncle. And when he comes back, you see C-3PO just tossing dead Jawas. Jawas on a fire. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Owen and Beru's uh, burning corpses laying in the sand. And... <laughs> and that just made me think of the stupid family guy thing. Oh, great. Now we got to finish the movie with Danny Elfman. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sidetracked. <laughs> oh, John Williams. <laughs> so some of these side characters. I mean, I guess you can't say Jennifer Beals is a big name anymore. She is to us. She is to the, our generation, I suppose. But her character kind of, they didn't have any, I mean, she was hardly in it. Yeah. Mm. I, I, she didn't seem to have a real point either, other than they needed to establish a place that was later going to get blown up, I think was like literally the entire point of her character. Mm. But you would think they could have got just any actress to play that part. They didn't have yep. to get some big name to do it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe she was lobbying for it. Maybe she's like, I love Star Wars. Please let me be in it. And they were just like, we'll make a character for you. It doesn't really do anything or have any purpose. You'll get to do it. Is that like Daniel Craig playing a stormtrooper in uh, yeah. the first? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if that stormtrooper had a name or was it or Ed Sheeran in Game of Thrones. Was it Aaron Rodgers? Was yeah. it Aaron Rodgers in the Mandalorian or something? Aaron Rodgers turned up somewhere in something, I and I've kind of washed it from my brain that <laughs> they let him do something. I don't remember what show it even was. Yeah, all right. <laughs> it's all that clay. <laughs> Well, I, I just judging from the first 20 minutes here, we don't sound like we're all that pleased with, <laughs> but yet all three of us said it was good. Yeah, I, our hopes were higher, I yes. think. And uh, 40 plus years of being a Star Wars nerd kind of sets high expectations, like with everything that comes. So you, you can, at the end of the day, you can be like, okay, I appreciate that it was well made, this, that, whatever, but not be happy with how how it ne necessarily got executed, I yeah. guess. They took time, too much time where it wasn't warranted, and they didn't spend enough time where it could have yeah, been. Yeah, things that could have been answered. Uh, is all, I mean. And Aaron and I also, about two weeks before the first episode dropped, one of the showrunners, and I don't remember who it was, actually tweeted basically like... It was oh, a whole article. Yeah, it was a whole article. And it's like, oh my God, you guys. We over-delivered. We, we over-delivered in every scene of every episode. And you're going to just basically die of the greatness yeah. of what this is. And then that's what we got, and it's kind of like, oh, okay. He really, I, yeah, he overworked the, the the hype machine, I think. And I'm just like, wow, this is going to be better than the Mandalorian, because you know, like the Mandalorian is like every, you know, the same. Lots of the same people were working on it, stuff like that. It's like, all right, they're going to like be. This is going to be as good as or better than the Mandalorian, even. And then 
you know, after reading that, and then it's just kind of like afterwards, like, oh, okay. Overhype. I overhype. have no idea. I have no idea what overhype is, right, Jim Harbaugh? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, I said that on the air. I don't care. Hey, he threw a touchdown pass at some point as a Chicago Bear. Yeah, I wish he'd have taken the Chicago Bears job that way. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I agree Welcome with to you your on Star that. Wars slash football podcast, everyone. <laughs> Sorry, I I just have a lot of, a lot of football angst built up from yesterday. No, I get it. I think it's funny. Dan and I live in the world that's got that merges yes. together, yes. and it's Star Wars, Star Trek, and sports, and they all yes. just kind of blend together. Yeah, no, and that's awesome. That's why I was like, "Welcome to your crossover podcast." All right. So one quick little. Let me get this off my chest right now. Somebody argued with me, well, it's actually my niece, argued with me on social media about shouldn't people be allowed to improve their job position, referring to Stafford. Hmm. And I, I wanted to ask her, she's a huge cowboy fan like you. Awesome. Would, say, <laughs> would you have said the same thing if Troy Aikman would have up and left the Cowboys in the middle of uh, his tenure? No, you wouldn't have been happy. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, Boba Fett. <laughs> he now plays for who? Yeah. <laughs> the Raiders? No. Boba Fett Tuscan definitely Raiders? would have been a Raider. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Tuscan Raider. Uh-huh. I'm going to add a rim shot to that. <laughs> <laughs> do you think there'll be another season or do you think they're going <sighs> to. I. Uh... Up until the final 15 seconds of the episode, the, the like end credit scene, I would have said no. I, I th- thought that they had basically played out a storyline that they wanted to tell for no other reason than to transport it back over to the Mandalorian. But then the moment we see Timothy Oliphant in the chamber, uh, apparently getting healed from his death, uh, <laughs> It, the fact that they even bother with that makes me lean towards, well, maybe they are looking to, because why would you bother doing it there at that time frame if you're just trying to set him up to be okay to then venture back into the Mandalorian uh, storyline? So now I, I think a little more likely than I did before that there will be a second season, though I have no idea story arc wise where they would want to try to go with it. Aaron. Oh, um, oh, 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 I was just thinking about how at the end and, um, someone was about Boba said something. I can't even remember. Boba said someone was in, you know, the, um, back to tank. And then they showed like Chris Anton fooling around doing whatever with other people. And I'm like, because he had promised, like, oh, we're going to get you a nice bath in the tank after this. So then when they showed him, I'm like, who's in the tank? And it was like this, that seven moment, like, what's in the box? It's like, who's in the tank? Like, I'm like, did he stick Cat in there? Like, you wouldn't do that. That's dumb. And I'm, I completely, like, forgot that there was this other character out there that everyone was going to be mad that he died. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course it's going to be him. But then I the credits went by, and I'm like, I guess we're not going to know. And then, lo and behold... Yeah, so they, they I think they set it up 
if there is another season with Boba telling Fennec, this really isn't for me. So yeah. I'm wondering yeah. if they're, those two are going to go off and resume bounty hunting and they're going to flash back to, to him running the planet or the town or whatever. Or, yeah. Right. And there's also another loose end, which I had read that people thought that, um, no, I forgot her name. The mod. Dr- yeah. The mod dra- girl. Uh, dra- I don't remember her name. Um, <laughs> that she's actually like Boba Fett's daughter from, uh, a long time ago. Drash. Drash. That's, That's what right. I thought, but it didn't seem right. Um, so maybe they'll go there. Um, I'm not Have quite sure. Drash and the mods helping Timothy Oliphant run. Yeah, now they're going to run. Mos Eisley's yeah. Tantooine area. And... Sure, why not? <laughs> Someone's got to open a power converter shop, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and who's moisture farming at this point? Someone has to be moisture farming. Apparently, moisture's out and spice is in now, so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Ste- stealing that from Dune, but. Yeah. yeah, I know. That's uh, the the moment Spice came into play. I'm like, um, Dune much? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, what what came out first? The Dune the movie came out before. Well, not the original movie. I meant this latest reboot. That came yeah. out before the Boba Fett started, right? Yep. I can't remember that. <laughs> I digress. They brought up his dark, the dark saber and mm. he tried to bust through the droids force field with it. They couldn't. And it's like, okay, you, you <laughs> keep bringing this dark saber up, but yet you don't do anything with it. So, yeah. So the, my question on that though, is that are they just trying to subtly show that he's not supposed to have it, not supposed to be wielding it because it fights against him as opposed to for him. And so that's going to lead to something where someone else is going to, because that's that's what I, the vibe I'm getting is that he's just it's fighting against him as though like he's I can't make it do anything. Yeah, he's not <laughs> supposed to be the one bearing it, and because of that, it's never going to do what he's trying to get it to do for him. Unless Grogu is going to end up with it, I don't know. Yeah, we really sound like we're not happy with it, but do you think we're saying we're happy with it a little bit because it's just got the Star Wars name on it? Yeah, I mean, like, I was going to bring that up. It's like, yeah, we can come on and bitch about it. But at the end of the day, like, it's Star Wars. We're going to watch it. There was good stuff. So we'll focus on that. And and it's not just Star Wars. It's Star Wars bringing back Boba Fett. That, uh, Not that for 40 years I've been mad that Boba Fett was, quote unquote, killed back in Jedi. That didn't piss me off. It was how I thought he was killed. That has had me holding a grudge for 40 years. And now you can just clear that out. Yeah, Clear so, that cash out. Okay, that didn't happen. So that didn't happen. But, because, yeah. He, he's just too too cool to be taken out by blind Han. <laughs> being like, Boba Fett? Boba Fett where? And accidentally triggering his rocket pack. I, I, that never was okay with me. <laughs> And I don't think Boba Fett would have screamed like you heard him no. scream. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a question for you, Patrick, since you've mentioned it twice. 
there's been this mystique for 40 years, like you said, for Boba Fett. Where do you think that all came from? I mean, other than his quick scenes in Empire and his little cartoon in the holiday special, where did this mystique? I, I think it's because we were all young enough at the time and we were watching it and it was something about being that age at that time frame and seeing someone who looked like that, like it was the coolest armor set of weapons, everything that like had ever come together. And then the fact that he was basically always just silent and looming over things. He was mysterious. He was, you got the sense that he was feared by everyone around him, even though he wasn't doing anything. And it was just like this aura that he put off that just made him this epic presence that it was just always so cool because I mean e even as a kid from the Life Day special I didn't think the cartoon was d did anything for him I I'm like oh well yeah okay but then in Empire and then the parts in Jedi before he goes out it's just like yeah he's the baddest of the bounty hunters he is just like the primo bounty hunter and I, I don't know. I think part of it, too, you get tipped off that he's, you know, he's paying attention to everything going on around everyone else. Because I caught even at like seven years old or however old I was, that he's who tipped Jabba off to the fact that there was something wrong with this bounty hunter coming to claim the bounty on Chewbacca. And I don't know that he knew it was Leia specifically, but he knew there was something not right with the whole scenario with Leia and put that whole thing in motion that captured Leia saving Han. And so you knew that he was not only someone to be reckoned with on a physical level, but that he had the intelligence to understand what was going on that way, too. So he was just always super intriguing to me. Do you think they'll tie in? I, I know he is a son of a clone. Yeah. But do you think they'll tie in him being in the Mandalorian set at all? Or do you think it's just coincidence that they know each other, which I know they know each other from bumping into each other on contracts and whatnot? But, <laughs> you know. I don't know. I, I'm getting. I got weird vibes from the whole. Uh, the the whole this is the way thing to begin with because you you've got like the whole sex sex. I can't even. Say it. That <laughs> yeah, s e c t s s those things. Uh, <laughs> yo, Baby. yo. Let's so, talk about sex, Boba. You, you, you've got the all, all the groups that don't abide by the way. And you've got Boba, who's a clone, who's not, and he doesn't. And then you've got Mando, who lives his life by this code. And what's he get for it? He still gets kicked out because he takes his helmet off once. One time. <laughs> One time. And even after that, they, they kick him out of his own religion. And even after he's been kicked out, he still will not bend from that belief system, religion, 
whatever and even tells them at some like some other point when he's with Boba and I forget what it is going into but he says no that's my religion and basically I'm not doing that and I told Aaron at the time I'm like but they kicked you out of your religion <laughs> yeah, but if you have faith whether you get kicked out or not if you yeah. truly yeah. have faith then <laughs> yeah says the guy who has absolutely none so I'll just shut <laughs> up now <laughs> so speaking of Star Wars series are you looking forward to Obi-Wan I am. I, I, I like Ewan a lot. I've always liked Ewan McGregor going back to uh, Shallow Grave and train spotting. Uh, and I liked him as Ben. And so I, I am definitely going into it fully open minded, hoping they do it well. But as with Boba Fett, if they mess it up, if it doesn't go go well, uh, people will know that I don't think that it went swimmingly. <laughs> Aaron? Yeah, I'm totally looking forward to it for lots of the same reasons. Um, I hope we get to see, um, you know, some of this stuff like, you know, Satine, his uh, relationship, that, and how that ties in. Maybe that'll there'll be some sort of tie-in with Mandalore, Mandalorian, other Mandalorian lore, if you will, the Mandalorian lore lore stuff. Which would kind of be cool. Um, but then I know there's a lot of, he's got a lot of story to tell because there's such a gap between people always like, what was Obi-Wan doing on, you know, Tatooine, just chilling, what was going on? Like, I don't know how far they'll end up taking it, but I know there's a lot of story to tell, so I'm anxious to see what they do. I'm with you on Ewan, Ewan, Ewan McGregor, as long as we don't have to see his train spotting like we did in train spotting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It, it was very cold on the set that day. <laughs> but I'm hoping with them bringing Hayden Christensen back, they really show the darker side of Vader and yeah. what happened truly between him and Obi-Wan. So come on, Disney, don't let me down on that. <laughs> yep. Don't mess it up, Disney. And I, I've got to feel that Ahsoka is going to show up in there fairly substantially too, given her relationship with both Obi-Wan and Anakin. And because they've, they've got to somehow play out the dynamic now that he is Darth and what, how that affects, because she, she was the one person truly loyal to Anakin every moment of the way. So I, I think we're going to see quite a bit of Ahsoka in Obi-Wan. Plus they have to lead up to her because she has her own. Does she not have her own? Oh, I don't series? know. I've not heard of an Ahsoka oh, series. Maybe but... I dreamt that. I don't know. <laughs> There's so many they're talking about. They're talking about, uh, I'm forgetting the character now that, uh, that uh, the girl that was in Battlestar Galactica. What? Um, Katie Sackoff, her yeah. character having a spinoff mm -hmm. and it's like I talked to a guy at work last week who's a big Star Wars fan too and he's like I get the feeling they're they're almost pushing too much on me now part he's yeah. like, part part of the the greatness about Star Wars is we had to wait those two years for something new so we built that anticipation up yeah. and now we're kind of getting flooded with so much yep. yeah 
So as of, uh, well, Wikipedia says <laughs> that, yes, there is an Ahsoka series um, that was announced on December 10th, 2020. And then there's another um, snippet that says that the production will begin in early 2022. Okay. So maybe that will, maybe that will be some sort of a gliding into Ahsoka from Obi-Wan. I'm not sure how they're going to do that, but. And as far as the, as far as the amount of stuff coming out goes, I really think that with Disney owning all these uh, different entities out there now, to me, it almost seems like Disney is trying to turn their Star Wars universe into something akin to their Marvel universe with everything crisscrossing in and out of everything else. And and I, I think that they feel at least that they've cracked this code of some kind as to how to make all these things this like gigantic epic thing. But it's it might not be working with Star Wars the way at the level that it inherently works with Marvel. Cause you, you've got the, the comic generation is used to the comics where story arcs crisscross and intersect and this, that and everything else. And there's some 12 issues coming at you from different directions every month or whatever. And that's its thing. And that, that may just not play out the same like they think it's going to in the Star Wars universe. And I think we're seeing signs that it doesn't yeah. play the same in the Star Wars universe. There will always be people that they, they're going to want to know every single thing that every character has done, gotten up to over their entire lives. But I think for a lot of us, it's just too much to keep up with. I mean, some mystery is still good. You get to imagine things they may have done or, you know, stuff like that. I don't know. Uh, you know, make up your own canon, you know, yeah. like in there with everything that's coming out, it's almost like they're striving to make every detail of everything known. And it's, it's a lot to keep up with a, and it's probably unnecessary. Yeah. Well that, and if you don't have Rolodex is full of all the links and this and that and everything else, and you don't get every single aspect, you're going to have the gatekeepers. <laughs> Telling those of us who grew up and watched the original Star Wars at three years old and have been a fan for 45 years, we're going to have gatekeepers telling us that we're not true Star Wars fans because <laughs> we don't know that some... Yeah, that, we have lives that, to that, live. Yeah, we that, can't keep up with We, we don't know that Greedo's niece married <laughs> someone at whatever. <laughs> See, that's the, one of the smart things that Gene Roddenberry did for Star Trek is he created a Bible for yes. <laughs> that canon. And it stayed true to form about halfway through Next Generation, and then they just kind of got rid of it. But <laughs> it was working for a while. So if you have a, a Bible for your canon, then that's where you're supposed to. But like you said, Disney's just taking it and saying, okay. Bring it on. Yep. Yeah. Maybe Star Wars and the uh, MCU will cross paths. And Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Watch the internet explode if that happens. <laughs> oh, man. All of a sudden, Doctor Strange is on Tantooine. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> or better yet, Professor X is on Tatooine. Yes. And you got the Star Wars, Star Trek, MCU triple crossover yeah. going there <laughs> okay well i think we shredded boba fett enough <laughs> any fi 
Any final thoughts about it that we didn't cover that you wanted to? I, I, I think we covered it. I mean, it's kind of like a, it's like a metaphor for, it's a metaphor for the entire Star Wars universe. It's like, that I was just talking about, like, yes, like we want to know what happened, but there's a fine line where sometimes there's just too much information, stuff we didn't really need to know uh was there like i don't know but then at the end of the day it's star wars we like learning the new things regardless yeah. if we may agree with them or not they're there to take in so we are gonna take it in I i'm glad we watched it if there's glad a season two it. i know we'll watch it uh but at the end of the day i i had i had hoped for more yeah just take the good you take the bad, <laughs> and there the you have the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> Thank you very much, uh, Packs of Life. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we have Picard to look forward to coming up, so that'll yes. probably be our next episode of Tap the Wire. Yep, because first episode is, what, March 4th? I'm looking forward to it. Gotta get some no, we are action. Too. Do not let me down on my esteem for Q. I know. Me too. Q, Q is my all-time favorite character in the Star Trek universe. He is. So thank you both. We appreciate it. And as always, if you like this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tap the Wire. And we'll close with this. Bye, Aaron. Bye, Patrick. Bye. May the force be with you. <gasps> this is the way. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs>